This week we read The Adventure of the Retired Colorman. Where we ask the question, can you kill with all the colors of the wind? The game is afoot, all our buddies. Welcome back to the final pod blem, the only Sherlock Holmes read-through podcast where all life is pathetic and futile, where we reach, we grasp, and what is left in our hands at the end, good goofs and some Sherlock Holmes memes. I, for my part, am that old guy, C.W. Hills, the guy who got fucking conned into buying a fucking bird stamp, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, and How joining could you possibly me here. be mad about that? <laughs> I, I'm mad about it for several reasons that I will enumerate presently. But who is this? Who is, who is this judging my anger choices from afar? <laughs> um. I'm Nicholas Cohen, and I am sinus infection-free as of yesterday. <laughs> My boyfriend is not... Must be nice. <laughs> you don't so much get cured of sickness as hand it off to the next person. Here you go, buddy. Take care That's of it. That's true. I got this all ready That's... for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I really love when you work with people in an office like I do, where there are set positions where people sit every day, where you can, like, track the progress of a disease by the call-outs, <laughs> and, you know, you can hear yeah. the cough just making its way toward you. Mm. It's real good. Someone just blows their nose and just glares at you from across the building. <laughs> yep, 100%. Like you. Yeah. Well, let's see here. Nicholas, we've got some housekeeping to do. First of all, as you know... uh. We solicited information, we solicited tweets and pictures and descriptions of everyone's everyday carry. Yeah. And the uh, the only one we really got was from Chris Daly, because he's our best boy, and uh, also from you. Mm. You were kind enough to show us what you carry on a daily basis. I'll tweet mine as well. Shortly yes, we'll be able to see. I was waiting see. for that. And in the process of ogling his keys, because I want to see what people got in their fucking pockets, <laughs> uh, I saw that he had on his keychain... A stamp of a duck, a duck stamp in a protective stamp keychain holder, which is a series of words so fantastic I could never have imagined they existed. So I inquired about said duck stamp, and by inquired, I mean tweeted in all caps about it because this is my way. And he replied that this particular duck stamp was one in a series that you can purchase yearly. There's a new duck stamp every year, and if you buy this duck stamp for 25 American dollars... Then it goes to, like, the preservation of duck habitats and the cleaning up of duck water, which is the setting of my new small-town drama about drugs in Appalachia. And all kinds of stuff. It's real good for the ducks. So, naturally, because I love the ducks, I had to go to fucking, what is it? It's aba.org, which is the American Birding Association. Not only do they love birds, not only can you join up and talk to other birders and bird at a professional level with a real membership, but they are also hella vocal about their members being hella gay, hella bi, hella trans, hella everything. And if you don't like it, they do not want you watching birds with them. So it's an awesome organization. All you have to do, nice. go to aba.org slash store and you'll be able to find the uh, 2019 to 2020 duck stamp. They are $25, which 
I'm inclined to think is a lot. I'm not into philately. I don't know how much a goddamn stamp costs. It seems like a lot of money to me, but here we are. So I ordered one, and then I had to spend some time today looking into, like, stamp display and preservation techniques because I turned 30 and instantly became the old man my friends have always told me I was. So. I hear that happens. Whatever. I'm going to have a collection of duck stamps on my wall that grows by one stamp every year. So that's just who I am now. Thanks, Chris <laughs> Daly. Go buy the bird stamp. Go support the ducks, you assholes. I feel like as long as you don't have carved wooden ducks in your house, you're good. Stamps, sure. It's for a good cause. But, like, you what know. if I have an ancestral walking stick, the head of which is a carved duck head. Do you actually have something like that? Because I would believe it. I do. Yep. I do. <laughs> I believe it may yeah, no, be made of ivory. you're already an old man, Casey. I hate to break it to you, but... Uh, That's fair. Yeah. I should just lean into it. I should talk to ARP. All right. <laughs> so, let's see. Let's look at the checklist here. Uh, we talked about everyday carry. Oh, I'll, you know what? I, you were you were kind enough to share a tweet of your everyday carry, so I'll just go ahead and list mine, and then I'll, I'll send a picture of it later and explain all the good stuff. Oh, cool. I carry a pen. I carry a Sharpie. I carry a comb. I carry nail clippers because my daddy always did. I carry a buck pocket knife. I carry a wee prayer coin. I carry a small purple 20-sided die, which is known colloquially as da poips because it is so poiple. I carry also a handkerchief and a wee flip-style notebook in my back pocket, and also, as mentioned in the pre-show, my Captain America ring for to remind the Nazis that the truth is only one punch away. So I'll tweet a picture of that. Uh, please do send us more descriptive tweets and more pictures of your everyday carry. We want to know what's in your pockets. Not in a weird way. It's just we need to know. <laughs> It's cool. It's cool shit. It's neat to, I don't know, there's, it. I, I feel like, not to be Ray Bradbury on Maine, but I feel like technology, in a way, distances us from each other. And yeah. by doing something like this, it's just another way to remind you that there is a person on the other side of the screen. It's a real person yeah. that you're interacting with. And just, like, little bits yeah. of, and I mean, it's not that person. I mean, like, you'll see someone carrying their keys. It's not, like, private stuff. It's relatively right. public if you're carrying it every day and pulling out your wallet every five minutes um or in yeah. my case once a week to take a picture of my paycheck and put it in my in my bank app but yep. um <laughs> occasionally i buy a coffee um but yeah uh it, it's neat i don't know it's kind of cool and then and now that you learn about it is it's a little peek stamps. into people's lives yeah yeah duck stamps <laughs> god damn it i gotta save the ducks now <laughs> <laughs> whatever they're beautiful and stupid there's so many different kinds. and also there's so many ducks and rails and drakes which are apparently different because never in my wildest dreams when we began this project did i imagine i would learn so very much about ducks and yet here we are this is the world we live in Being somebody submitted called brandon flowers to animal knowledge you never signed up for it's pretty good <laughs> oh, Chris Daly also has a really cool one. He has a he has a uh, an Irish pound coin from the year two thousand. Not as Casey thought, a two thousand year old <laughs> Irish pound coin. And as Nick also thought, was very. I was like, wow, that's that's two thousand years. It looks looks kind of new for that. But I was expecting it a little bit more rusty. Yeah. But you know, all right. Yeah, and then I you know, remarkably, was, I yeah. thought silver tarnished. I guess not. I was wrong about the Still oxidization cool. of silver. Still pretty cool. I all guess. Right. Whatever. <laughs> so, we got two more uh, things to talk about before we jump into the story real quick. Uh, yeah. One of them, I'm going to tear Christmas a new one real quick. 
so we were I'll talking. Do it. <laughs> I can't find Hanukkah. I can't find Hanukkah shit anywhere. <laughs> okay, please so, tear into Christmas. This uh, this tearing of Christmas a new one is brought to you by the fact that it is the fourth day of December, and my office has been on a Christmas Pandora for six of those days. So. Casey, and you today, got nothing. You, what's up? Nope, I'm going to stop you right there. We've been playing Christmas music at the store that I work at, which I'm not going to name because they don't deserve it, since, wait for sure. it, day one of November, before Thanksgiving, Yikes. before the, just uh, November 1st, Christmas music, I was like, no, no, fuck this, I'm quitting right now, <laughs> I'm going to a library Yikes. and they're going to hire me. <laughs> it's, yeah, so anyway, but yeah. No, what is up, young <laughs> Air Force? What is up, middle-aged Marine Corps? Wild. Well, today, I heard a, a like, glam country. Like, you know, not real country. And, and you know, I'm not, I don't mean to talk shit on anyone who, who makes art, but there's a difference between, like, country country and stadium country. Like, wearing $6,000 cowboy boots that have never walked on dirt country, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. One of those rendition of the very Jewish Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, mm-hmm. which is a I know, song I saw about your a tweet painful about this breakup. I was like, I'm so <laughs> mad! Okay, yep. I, figured out, I figured out what my fucking beef with Christmas is. It's this. I actually mm. love Christmas time, and my favorite things about Christmas time are the shit that's like melancholy and bittersweet and kind of sad. Like, uh, famously, in Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, they had to change a verse. The verse that goes, uh, hang a shining star upon the highest bough, was originally, uh, until that, uh, through the years we all will be together if the fates allow, and it was originally, until then we'll have to muddle through somehow. Which is yeah, a fucking the original. brutal line. Yes! Yeah, no, the original and they had to change that. Yeah. Because that, because it was fucking depressing, and right. that's how it should be. Because the point of Christmas, <laughs> Christmas the point be of Hanukkah. Depressing. Okay, th- follow me on this. <laughs> the point of Christmas. Jewish person voice. Every holiday should have some element of being depressing. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not a real holiday. <laughs> yes. Uh, we almost so died. Let's point, eat. The point of Christmas. <laughs> that is every Jewish holiday. Yes, it's true. <laughs> The point of Christmas, the point of Hanukkah, the point of Yule, the point of Diwali, the point of the solstice, the point of every winter, midwinter holiday is supposed to be that life is fucking hard. Life is brutal. And you know when it's hardest and most brutal? When it's fucking dark and cold all the time. And everybody's Mm -hmm. sick and miserable. (laughs) And it's hard to get yourself out of bed. So here, halfway through the winter time, have a nice Mm -hmm. festival. Have a happy time. A time of lights and presents and good food and overpriced seasonal beverages. And this Mm -hmm. way, it's just a reminder. uh, Matt Smith talked about it. One of the Doctor Whos said it's a reminder that we're halfway through the dark we're halfway to spring we can do this we've done it before and we can do it again i love and that it's so good and it does have that sort of like bittersweet melancholy thing to it i love mm-hmm. that shit what i don't oh, yeah. love is artificial overbright melania trump christmas that pretends mm-hmm. that everything is perfect and it always is and it always will be because if everything yeah. is perfect and it always is and it always will be then why is christmas special Mm-hmm. It's not right. It's like oh, it's oh, wait, wait, wait for one day a year to like give our friends gifts and like celebrate our relationships and all that different stuff. And it's like we gotta wait. We're one yeah. year. We can't just do that all year. 
Yeah, no, (laughs) it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be this thing where we make a pull, where we do everything we can to make things okay for a little while, and if we can just pull through to next time, because, like, I love my life, life is amazing, the world is also a nightmare right now, and it Mm -hmm. always has been, it's always been a nightmare, right? It's not that we're facing new problems, it's just that this is the first time we're facing them as individuals, because that's how being alive works, but, like, (laughs) it's it's always been about, like, if we can just hang on till next time, and then once you get to next Mm -hmm. time, it's just about hanging on till next time <laughs> yep just because that's just life, the I- baby <laughs> yeah and just the idea that everything is perfect and shiny and flawless and always will be is just to me so antithetical to the spirit of everything that christmas mm-hmm. is supposed to be about um and yes. that was me tearing christmas a new one i also that have that was beautiful I really appreciated. I needed to hear that personally. Thank you. After being subjected to all of those Christmas. Yeah, no, that's really true. Cause, and I mean, a lot of the reason why people get, and it's again, working in retail, you get to see all these like incredibly stressed out people who are like, if I just I buy am- enough shit, the holiday will be fine. And it's like, it'll like counteract everything that g- could go wrong. And it's just like, right. Why? Like it just, what? It's, don't do it. It's sad because it's like, you don't need to do that like if you feel like you need to buy a bunch of stuff and everyone needs to get along and everything has to go smoothly a that's way too much pressure b capitalism c it just if if you don't acknowledge that sometimes things are shitty thing the good things don't seem as good i know there's a more correct eloquent way to state this but the contrast no that's 100 percent. is all about the contrast you know it's like things wouldn't okay photographer if you did, yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, no, um, I've specifically had people like other photographers comment on like, what stands out about my work the most to you? And they're like, you use contrast really good. It's like, that's just like my thing. But, um, yeah, so, uh, that was a good joke. Uh, but yeah, no, it's like, (laughs) the, the good doesn't hit as hard if there's not bad interspersed, which is why never make fun of people for crying because you never know why they you know like i don't know it's just some people just experience emotions deeper and we don't need to all be perfect happy robots all the time and stop acting like we do (laughs) christmas quit it be (laughs) bummed out you're allowed to be bummed out sometimes shit's a fucking bummer just don't (laughs) let it consume you because no yeah that's that's the important part that's the very important part no yeah i survive out of spite do it right and like i will absolutely claim that i do get i like i've been been through some shit and occasionally i will get a case of the the bad brain and i will tweet a lot about how pointless everything is and how i'm miserable and nobody talked to me i'm gonna go in my corner now and cry and it's like that's that's fine but also i try at least every time that happens because at that point when i get to that point there's no like there's no switching it back. Like, I, I have to just go through You it. just got to write it I, out. Yeah. I try every time that happens to at least, if I texted anyone something really depressing or angry, to text them back and be like, hey, like, I'm feeling much better. Sorry. Or like, not sorry, but like, here's what was going on. And just kind right. of owning it. And in that way, it's kind of like, it keeps myself accountable too, to like, not just leave this wake of just like depression behind me. And right. be like, you know, and, and just kind of recognize that like a lot of people are like, do get like that. You just don't always see it. And it's kind of like, where was I going with that? 
I don't know. <laughs> if I ever tweet anything depressing, that's what that's what's going on. But uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. Mental health is very important. Mental health is very important, and it. It, it's everyone should talk about it all the time. And like it is, it is the winter time. It is the time, especially a lot of around people, the holidays. Yes, yeah, get super <laughs> bummed out. So mm. you know, it's reach out to your friends just check up on them just just say hey just say how you doing haven't heard from you in a little bit you you know you doing okay i loves you mm-hmm. and that's all you have to do mm-hmm. there's this i i think there's a fear um you know having mental health problems i have a lot of friends who have mental health problems it's it's kind of a self-growing network but like it's it's kind of overwhelming isn't the word but like you don't want to check on someone and then have it turn out that something bad is happening that you can't help with and then you made them think of the bad thing that you can't help them with so it's like hi i'm just here to remind you this just sucks and there's nothing you can do about it bye but yeah right but like hearing from someone who cares about you is is the most wonderful thing even if they're just sending you a spider-man meme or a picture mm. of a uh, a christmas tree that they built at their work or like a, a comic panel from a comic from the 40s that makes you kind of uncomfortable because you're not sure if it's racist or not and you're pretty sure the other person is just sending it to you because they really enjoy watching you be unsure if it's okay to enjoy something complex relationships <laughs> can form via text is my point <laughs> Or cat pictures. Every or cat pictures just, also good. The, that is always my fallback, no matter what. Like if I'm trying to cheer someone up, if I'm trying to become better friends with somebody, do you want to see a picture of my cat? And yep. the answer is always yes. So you know, the answer is one hundred yes. Want to see a picture of this owl I saw once? Answer that's right? always yes. Um, Everybody wants to see it, an owl. They're mysterious and wise. And if you don't, then I don't need to be your friend. No. <laughs> there, there, okay, there you go. Can, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, no, every animal is beautiful in their own way. Um, it's true. And I will defend that to my grave. Yeah. So, anyway, about this story with a double murder. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. It's Okay, so the adventure of the retired colorist, or as you have it in your home's omnibus, the retired color man. Um, mm. I don't have it in my omnibus at all. It was removed, and I was worried it was going to be super racist, and it turns out to only be mildly racist. So... <laughs> No, it's... Wait, where? <laughs> oh, I'll, oh, I'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. I mean, I saw ableism, but I didn't see racism, but I, I could have missed it. Uh, there, you know, <laughs> I'll be like, I'm going to pepper in some racism. Um, yeah, no. Yep. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, no, the story uh, absolutely just one-two punched me either way, because A, I didn't remember anything yeah. about it, and B, mm-hmm. what I didn't remember about it was a lot it was some shit like this story is yeah. great i love it's it. wild um it really is a roller this coaster is, it's another it's another romp it's like the six napoleons in that yeah. uh some sherlock holmes stories are jigsaw puzzles that come together one piece at a time and some sherlock holmes stories are the pinball machine made after the movie that came out that came out after that puzzle came out and yeah. you just put your quarter in and it's just bouncing all the way home jingle all the way uh, and that this is definitely such falls a good in that metaphor and this is yeah absolutely pinball machine story <laughs> so uh, we start out with Holmes who is in a hashtag mood um, yeah we just open up here with Holmes just depressed um yep. in a melancholy and philosophic mood that morning yep. um 
And let's see. So we just Yeah, so the um the main I don't want to say villain or character, suspect, oh, cl- client. client. <laughs> sometimes yeah. clients and suspect overlap and sometimes the client is Frequently. end up being the bad guy. <laughs> and Yeah, there's know, a lot of surprise. there's a, there's a lot of overlap. A lot of a lot of Venn diagrams. Mhm. But yeah, so the uh the I'll I'll put him as the client uh at the beginning of the story. Uh Josiah Amberley, he's uh the client's just leaving Baker Street. Uh Watson's watching out the window. Holmes is said Holmes says, "Did you see him?" Um and Watson's <laughs> like and what what are your what's your opinion of the guy who just left? And Watson says, "Well, he looks like a broken, pathetic, futile creature." Um Hey and... Watson, look at that <laughs> asshole. <laughs> just dragging this guy, yeah. <laughs> as real. many of these stories do, opens with Holmes just dragging the shit out of somebody. Um, yeah. So yeah, he 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 just left. Uh, he th- this guy has just had some stuff happen to him. He, as far as his end of the story goes, uh, he uh, he's retired from the uh, art supply making business, and he has gotten married to a woman twenty years younger than him, and he's retired, and he's just uh, leaving the business. And in the last couple of days, I think, uh, very recently, mm-hmm. his uh, uh, his wife has run off with a younger local doctor, and they've taken a bunch of his uh, money and uh, securities Correct. with with them. And he calls Bon Holmes apparently to ask for help with that whole incident. And so yeah. that's where we open up. Uh, and he's sixty one. So. <laughs> Holmes is going to outsource this one to Watson, as he is, quote, preoccupied with this case of the two Coptic patriarchs. And that, without doing any research, I'm going to see if I can put this together. So... Yes, uh, I actually have a note about that in my edition, so I want to see how... Do you want me to just tell you what the note says, or do you want to get Oh, no, wait, let me try. Let me guess. Let me guess. guess. Okay. Because I don't think you're going to get it personally, but... I, I mean, that's that's reasonable. So Coptic Patriarchs, I think, has to do with the way that Eastern Orthodox Christianity split off from Catholicism, uh, which is not an area of expertise for me, but I know that there's the Greek Orthodox Church and the at least Egyptian Orthodox. Well, there's also Russian Orthodox. There's a whole bunch of Orthodox churches. Mm-hmm. But I think the Greek Orthodox Church was one of the older split-offs, and I think they had their own pope who was referred to, I believe, as the Metropolitan or the Patriarch. And there wow. was, for a time, a whole double pope situation, which is uh, bad news <laughs> any way you slice it. Yeah. And so maybe that's maybe that's what's going on? I don't know. What, ac- what's, what's... You actually did hit on it. It was the, uh, my note says, uh, principal bishops in the Coptic Church and Egyptian branch of Christianity. So... Yeah! Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, which really, like, Egyptian branch of Christianity? What the... What? What is that? Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Well, I happen to know this because my missus's family is very, very Egyptian. Um, the Egyptian Orthodox Church is like... Uh, you could just think of it as Egyptian Catholicism and you'll you'll be right on track. It's... Um, so, Coptic Christianity is associated with what you could think of as Eastern, and it refers roughly to all of the Eastern churches that aren't necessarily settled in the Middle East. There's a Russian Orthodox Church, there's a Ukrainian Orthodox Church, a, a, a Armenian, a ton of them. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Orthodoxy uh, 
in Egypt has a very firm hold, even though it is officially a Muslim country. Um, so yeah, it's it's right. very much it's it's very much focused on Egyptian identity and very exclusivist. Very no, you have to be baptized in this church. This is the only you know these these six people are not going to hell. Basically, it's one of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, okay. Sure. Which right. which may be an unfair generalization of me to any members of the Egyptian Orthodox Church listening. I apologize for my ignorance and also my heresy. But yeah, so uh, Holmes is more interested in that than he is about some lady done skedaddled off with a young he floozy with her husband's money and bonds. And so he sends Watson out solo to investigate and see if he can apply some of the training that he has been undergoing mm. under Holmes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so Watson goes out, he says, you know, I don't know how, I don't know if I'll be much help, but I'll do my best. I love you, Watson. Um, he goes out, uh, Despite being the most competent character in this series by a significant margin, I continue to be (laughs) unsure of myself and my capabilities, Holmes. Well, to be fair, every time he tries to go help Holmes, every time Holmes does send him off to go do something individually, he comes back and Holmes drags everything he does. Yeah. And so, like, honestly... Yeah, see one page later in this story. Yeah. This very story, yeah, Holmes does it. But anyway, so once it goes out, he um he meets with Amber Mr. Amberley. Um he he goes to his house. Mr. Amberley explains that uh he he kind of gives him like a little tour of his house. He's uh it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a mess, uh, but he's been painting the halls and one of his rooms. He's got a whole room which is like uh he describes this as safe room which is where he keeps yes. all his money all of his stuff uh the important stuff where uh the the room where his wife took all the securities from um the room where it happens yeah the room where it happened and he uh he shows he tells Watson that the night before the incident before she left uh he was going to they were going to go to a play or a concert or something the the theater they were, they were gonna go to the theater and he yeah. had her ticket uh with him because she didn't use it because she was complaining of a headache and she didn't go he claims right. he went to the movie or the movies <laughs> the, the theater by himself um i i just saw knives out by the way like two days ago it was really good it was really funny uh was it really it. i it was, thought it looked yes. like it was gonna be no, very bad no it no? was good it was good you should watch it um Okay. It's really funny. Uh, it's definitely, uh, it, it's very much Dylan's sense of humor. Uh, yeah. But also, you would, I think you would definitely really like it as well. Like, it's just. I, I saw one preview for it, and uh-huh. I can't remember what it was in, because uh, I haven't been to the movies in forever. But it looked to me like it was trying very hard. And it's possible that the, uh that the trailer I saw just wasn't fair or was misrepresentative. Yeah. It, it, to me, I, I just thought it was like, it, it was, it was a modern murder mystery. It was, it was similar to like a Poirot twenties kind of like very rollicking. Everyone looks suspicious at one point mystery, very fast paced, but it's set in the modern day, which is very interesting. Oh, it also has kind of like an old fashioned aesthetic. Cause like the house where it takes place in is, like old school looking, but it's set in the modern day. Right. People have smartphones and stuff, yeah. so that's an element. Chris Evans there. wearing a wearing a MF and cardigan. Yeah, yeah. No, it's and the cast is great. The acting's hilarious, uh, and it's also a comedy on top of that. It's not just a mystery. Like it's a little gruesome okay. in, in some, like a tiny bit gruesome in some instances because it's a murder mystery. But it's not like right. 
ridiculously violent or anything you know what? like that. I, I and... think the trailer I saw maybe didn't make it clear that it was a comedy. Um, maybe, for just, yeah. Just from what you've told me, I think this is the kind of movie that's probably not easy to know how to promote. No. Um, yeah, I, I think I did see one, exactly one trailer for it, like, in the full, and it yeah. did seem to present it as just a murder mystery, but it is right. very much a comedy, like, very much okay. so. Okay, uh, nice yeah. out. Check it I'll out. Check that out. You have to go to the pictures. Mm-hmm. Well, so Watson, as you say, he goes there, uh, he is directed to Amberly's house by a tall, dark, military-type man who I'm sure the readers, as I did all pictured as Gary Oldman in Dracula. Uh, Nicholas, have you ever seen Dracula? Bram Stoker's Dracula, 1994? Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder, Tom Waits? I'm actually very lacking in Dracula vampire knowledge. I don't really... Nicholas, Yeah. just just go ahead ahead and Google Gary Oldman Dracula real quick. This sounds great. Do do a quick uh, quick Jaguar jeggings here. All right. I love me some Gary Oldman. Gary yeah. Oldman, Dracula, Bram Stoker. Dracula. Yep. Oh, this is a look. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like hundred percent. Look. Hundred percent. What I pictured. Yeah. If you've yeah. never seen that movie, um, it's not very good. I don't. I don't <laughs> no, think so. It anyway, look I didn't good. particularly enjoy it. <laughs> but it's. It has a really incredible, very distinct aesthetic that, especially mm-hmm. considering it was made in 1994, is very impressive. So it's nice. it's well worth a watch. Um, also, Keanu Reeves trying to do a British accent. God bless his l- tiny little giant man heart. <laughs> um, Beautipest. <laughs> it's oh, very good. <laughs> Keanu but, uh, Reeves. Anyway. Yep, Winona Ryder, Tom Waits, a lot of good people. Wow, look at this. All right, sure. Yeah, dude. So anyway, that's Gary Oldman and Dracula is how I was picturing this cat the whole time, nice. right down to the sunglasses. Um, so he meets Amberly, who is described as looking not unlike a slender man, all limbs, all benoodled. But uh, yeah, so is this the is this the ableism you were talking about? Holmes noticed that he had an artificial limp and that one of his shoes was wrinkled and the other smooth, and that shit never came up again. There's a bit. Well, there's. The, the two main things, just so we can get it out of the way, um, there's that. There's the fact that he has an artificial limb. He's described as also being kind of hunched over, but also, like, right. strong at the same time. Um, right. And so he's not, like, it, like impaired in any way, movement-wise, but he's just kind of, like, right. shaped a little bit strange. Misshapen. And, a Quasimodo type. Yeah, kind of like that. And then later in the story, there's a line about uh, just kind of, like... Uh, with a soul as distorted as his his body, which was which is fucked oh. up. But that was really the yeah. only that was really the big thing. But other than that, it's kind of like, uh, yeah. But I, that was the main. It's just unkind to him. Yeah, thing, yeah. But yeah, he does have an artificial leg for some reason. I think it's just to drive home the whole like they kind of want to misdirect as to like yeah, it worked possibly incriminating the wife and that like of course she would run off with the younger guy because he's a old and b oh. has like physical you know issues as well so it's kind of just like i did not even get that it's the whole it's the whole beauty equals goodness kind of thing right right which is wrong obviously but it's very prevalent in a lot of victorian literature and just literature in general really but it's um, in media in general yeah 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 um but anyway so there was that uh i was listening um on the maximum fun uh, donor-only feed, Friendly Fire just did an episode about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. 
<laughs> which uh, I remembered liking okay and not mm-hmm. really understanding why everybody else thought it was incredible. But also I, I realized I also saw it with my two like eight-year-old nephews and also my 14-year-old nephew. So it's possible that I did not get the full Rogue One experience. Yeah, right. But um, <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely not a Star Wars movie. It was definitely more of a Star Wars movie for adults and not so much for kids. Yes. Not in the yeah, so, content, but like just what was going on. It was very much like a, exactly. almost like a spy yeah. story. It is. That's exactly what they yeah. said. It's a, it's a war movie spy story heist kind mm. of thing. And uh, I'll have to rewatch that. But the point yeah. that they made on Friendly Fire was that um, the main bad guy there was dressed in white to offset the whole, like, dark empire aesthetic that they had going, and Mm -hmm. that uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who traditionally plays a bad guy, um, was... He wasn't not a bad guy. He helped build the Death Star, but also that he was, you know, subverting that and trying to help the Resistance, and that he was dressed darkly to try and play off of those expectations and shit like that. So oh. you're right. It's the the it's whole hard. beauty equals goodness thing is so ingrained in society that it's it's pretty easy to play with and subvert. Um, if you if you pay even a little bit of attention to it, so that's and I mean this this guy is a monster, but not because he's old and disabled. It's just because he's a monster. Because he's a monster. Yeah. No. I yeah. I I think personally, again, like with the whole um, the Sussex vampire story, uh, I think the subversions are way more effective than just going with tropes oh, yeah. like this. Like if you have a beautiful person who's just pure evil, like the whole Dorian Gray thing that rules and it's yeah. effective and like stands out as a, you know, classic piece of literature because it's, it totally turns that whole thing on its head that beautiful people yeah. can be monsters as well, you know? And just right. because someone doesn't look like just because someone's not physically pretty doesn't mean that they're automatically worthless or like going right. to be a bad person because of that. It's, Despite uh, what everything about our society would tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> moving on from that. Oh, wait um, a minute. Quick yeah. note about tropes. Okay. Um, yes. I don't remember what I was reading her. I, I read to my missus at bedtime, and I don't remember what I was reading her last time we recorded. I think it was probably Lord of the Flies, or we were just finishing um, I think I remember you Mockingbird. talking about Lord of the Flies last. but I think it was Lord of the Flies, yeah. yeah. Well, we finished that, and that's a good book. It's a it's fucking so bummer, good. but it's a good book. There was this ridiculous thing recently where some studio or something was talking about what if we remade lord of the flies but with girls and everyone was like no the the whole point of lord of the flies is that it's boys that it's masculinity yeah. toxic like that's the whole it was so stupid it's anyway but go on 100 <laughs> it's not very point. often that like literature things make big news so when they do right. i'm like hello yes rise from my like little you know, just hobbit hole, right. like, enter, like, Did someone peek say, out. Like, did someone my brand? Mention... Yeah, yes. exactly. But anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, no, it's just every time, every time we read it, I remembered that scene from, oh, well, you remember being a, being an Andy, an Andy circus head. Mm-hmm. Part of, a member of Andy's flying circus. Yes, go on. But being, being a member of Andy's flying circus, um, mm-hmm. you are surely familiar with the 2003 King Kong. Oh, yeah, uh, I love during... that movie. Absolutely. Wait, yeah. And there's a bit in there that's really the only bit I remember where uh, I think it's 
the captain of the boat or whatever is talking to the young bosun who has stolen a copy of Heart of Darkness. Mm. And he thinks it's going to be like this rollicking adventure or whatever. And at some point, the boat gets like drawn up into a river and they see the danger they're going into, which is, you know, parallels what happens right. in Heart of Darkness. And the kid turns to the, bo- to, to the boss and says, it's not an adventure story, is it, sir? And then it's just this great ominous moment. Mm. But that's what I think of every time we started Lord of the Flies up was like, everybody thinks this is like boys on an island. And it is not boys on an island. Oh, yeah. No, he... They, they get you good with that one. They're like, oh, this is going to be something. No, not an adventure story no, at all. <laughs> not an adventure story. A story about the destruction of personhood in the face of the removal of social boundaries and authority. It's, God, it's a nightmare. Anyway, my point is, we finished Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yeah. And now we're reading Bonicula. So, um, <laughs> there's... Yeah. You know, you gotta balance great... it out. You gotta... I haven't read Bonicula since I was eight years old and i didn't know if it would hold up but the very first thing they bring Benicula home for the reader who has not experienced this book and who is also unable to cope with basic portmanteau Benicula is a book about a vampire bunny who drains the juice from vegetables it is very good i was relieved to find as we began to read it but at the very beginning they bring Benicula home in a little shoebox filled with dirt and like eight-year-old casey didn't catch that but thirty-year-old tw- Troper Casey saw that and thought, because a vampire has to sleep in a casket filled with the dirt of his homeland. Is that a thing with vampires? It's a thing. <laughs> That's so funny because this it represents their research. like the way they're bound to their graves and shit. Ah, oh, it's so yeah. good. So go read Benicula. Is my point. Benicula fucking holds up. I am here to stand for Benicula. We is stand it? a tiny vampire. So Sherlock Holmes in a story that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. So yeah, um, this dame made off with seven thousand pounds of this dude's money. Now Nicholas, welcome again to Casey's Currency Conversion Corner. Um, I want you. I want you to take a stab. Nineteen twenty-six, okay. seven thousand great British pounds, pounds sterling. Mm. How many pounds do you think that equates to in the year of some of our Lord twenty nineteen? Seven thousand. Okay, so this guy is described as having a lot of money, but being miserly about it. So, Correct. And he was like a partner of this. He wasn't just like an employee at a factory. He was like owned the art supply Correct. company in some measure. I would real Scrooge say, type. Yeah, I would say 7,000 pounds, maybe round about a couple hundred thousand dollars? 7,000 pounds, 1926, is equivalent to 425,000 pounds, 2019, which is equivalent to 555,000 US dollars, 2019, a number so round and repeating I thought I had broken the calculator. (laughs) Uh so she's she's made off with a cool half million, mm-hmm. which is indicative, as you said, of his miserly nature, of his Scrooge nature, of his bittersweet Christmas time story nature. Yes, brought it back around. <laughs> because, uh, yes, his house has fallen into disrepair, as Watson mm-hmm. noticed. Uh, yeah. The garden, the garden has run wild, um, and the house is fallen down. So Holmes and Watson ruminate, having uh, having expressed this. They both find it odd that Amberly was painting his heartbreak away, but also shrug emoji. Mm-hmm. So They're they like, don't know. That might be suspicious. It might not. We don't really. He he was he did sell paint, so he would have some. It kind of yeah. He's an eccentric person. Uh, it's eccentric it behavior, but he is an eccentric person. So yeah, yeah. There was that, and he's allowed to be because he's rich. Yeah. <laughs> 
and uh only yeah that's and uh so there's that well there's also the fact as, that yeah well and and importantly as watson boarded the train to return to london after speaking to amberly he noticed that he was being trailed by dracula who <laughs> not only trailed him on the train but trailed him into london and holmes being a a wizard um, divines this fellow's features and his sunglasses and his mustaches and his Masonic tie pin. Mm. Not a Masonic pie tin, as Casey originally thought, which would make <laughs> your pie perfectly symmetrical and taste like the tears of the great architect. So <laughs> It's got a little triangle, like, toasted into the top. Yes, it's got a little square and <laughs> compass eye. on there. Yeah. Absolutely, the eye of providence. Uh, yeah, this pie secretly controlled the U.S. government uh, until it, it fell to infighting in a couple of Nicolas Cage movies. So, uh, according to Holmes, Watson has missed almost everything of importance. <laughs> but good job anyway. Right, as usual. It's like, Holmes, dude. See, like, my dumbass thought that the reason why Holmes knew so much about this particular guy and he's also described uh-huh. as being tall and dark. I thought this was I thought this was just Holmes in disguise, like following Watson to the Sure. I makes total sense. Yeah, I was like, he's done this before. He would do yeah. yeah. So that was that what makes absolutely entirely sense. I was pleased with how it actually came out without actually turned out being, but um yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I was like, same. he knows way too much about how this guy looks. Well, as long as we're voicing theories that did not uh, hold true when they came to light, I thought that this guy was painting his walls. I never thought the dame stole the money, first of all. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there were murders involved, but I thought that this guy had, like, hidden the money in the walls and was painting over it somehow. Yeah, yeah. I had an in-the-walls like theory, too, but it was a little more murdery. I thought that he actually did murder them, but or, like, at least her, and then had, like, put the bodies in the wall or something. Like, yeah. really ominous like that. So that's where I went, but only like past the halfway point. Okay. But um, yeah, uh, I was I knew the painting thing was suspicious. Yeah, the painting thing is absolutely suspicious, and this reminds me of something I've been meaning to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. So I invented a new character over the Thanksgiving holiday, right. and I didn't mean to. It just <laughs> happened. Uh, I was yelling at my cat because uh, it, Jasper, not at Denmark mm-hmm. J Cat. I would never yell at Denmark J Cat. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. the nerve. Um, Jasper did something bad, and Donna thought that I was doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, and I was not intentionally, but I then began to. Mm. And so I have invented I, 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 my new favorite character to do when I've got nothing to do, I'm just walking around the house, is Arnold Schwarzenegger, except he's retired from movies, and now he's just focused on interior design. So it's just, I love it's a it. lot of, it's a lot of, yes, hello. Yes, I'm calling because this uh, work order I got asked me to call and leave a review for the services I received. Yes, no, the painters did a very good job. The lines are very clean. The only problem I have is that I think they used I think they used goldenrod instead of buttercup in my rec room. And it's just a little bit warmer of a color palette. It's a little bit sleepier than I wanted in my rec room. I, I'm not complaining. I'm just, you know, for future concerns. And it's just really... Really dumb bullshit. And eventually he gets his own, like, show on HGTV. And he's oh, like, I would watch that. And as you can that. see here, we've added, we've added some foot-level lighting along the, along the gravel path out front of the house to both increase the walking safety and the resale value of the home. Mm. But, like, this, this 
really reminded me of like, so after you've killed your wife, what you want to go and do is stuff her into the walls. And then you go to paint over it with a fresh coat of paint. <laughs> because if you've inherited a paint misfortune, this is important. This plan will not work if you have not inherited a paint misfortune. <laughs> Just paint right over it. And if you haven't inherited a paint misfortune, then maybe you should have reviewed the week's supplies a little more efficiently beforehand. <laughs> you, Just... know, you know what Sherlock Holmes adaptation we need. We need to stop it with all of these pointless adventure like all the same thing adventure sherlock holmes story holmes watson buddy buddy cop kind of thing we need to just throw all that away and do like a freaking parks and rec style we need to do a what we do in the shadows style documentary-esque thing where someone just goes to holmes's house and he just tells them what not to do as condescendingly as possible. What to do and yes. what not to do. Here's how to be a detective. Holmes just decides, I'm going to die one day. Watson might die one day, too. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and we need to pass on my knowledge. And Watson is writing these adventure stories. That's great. The events are there, but the method is not. I need to tell everyone right. how to solve crimes so and just a camera crew just going to, and it, they should just keep it Victorian era too, just not oh, even yes. explain the cameras. Just like have him be talking to someone, and they've got like, and occasionally you'll see a mic like pop into screen, but it'll be like super old timey, like huge recording device kind of thing or something. Absolutely, and just have him just walking around, just doing stuff like that, like telling, like, all right. And if you're going to murder someone, make on a carpet, you have to make sure that you like move the carpet around, or just I think that would be great. All, every other no, that would be incredible. Adaptation, just forget about it. This is what we need. This is this is what we got to do. I will personally. No, that's amazing. Fine. This is no. We have to workshop this. We have to make this a real thing. Every yes. now and then, Watson will like comment in, and they'll like so- sort of pan the camera onto him for like a second, and then go right back to Holmes. You'll just hear him talking yes. from off screen, just like, "Oh, hey, remember that one time we Holmes? Not now. I'm busy <laughs> in the middle of something." Or like, <laughs> or like Holmes. In a moment of, like, bravado talking about something he doesn't actually know about, Holmes will be like, and so then, when the wild tiger attacks your victim, and it just it just pans to Watson, and Watson just, like, shakes his head, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just like, <laughs> oh my god, that would be so funny. Yes. yes, we need this. We need this, and we need a name for it. We'll have to revisit this. We'll have to come up with a new scene every week. This is gonna be so yes. good. Good. All right. I love how wildly this spirals out of control every right. time we record. Well, to be fair, this is a short story. I was like, we got to fill in the gaps of something. All right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> there's not a lot to talk about. What there is is good, but mm. there's not a ton oh, yeah. of it. It's a so, really exciting, really brief story. It's like yeah, maybe it's, nine or ten pages or something. It's a ball of caramel corn with like some pop rocks inside. It's very yeah. good. So, according to Holmes, Watson missed nearly everything of importance, but he made some calls and confirmed Amberly's story. All the pieces appear to have fallen into place, but Holmes feels a tug at the end of his senses. Uh, never mind, though. I'm sure it's fine. Let's go to Royal Albert Hall. Now, that made me happy, because uh, Royal Albert Hall is a great British place. I'm not even going to try to guess what kind of architecture it is, but it's where <laughs> a lot of artists do stuff. Um, one of my favorite records, The Killers Live at Royal Albert Hall, was was there, um, and Royal Albert Hall was built in 1871 what the fuck <laughs> yeah this story um this i'm gonna look up royal albert hall real quick i want to see what it looks like do I'm it curious now it's in a beatles song for god's sake in 1871 oh yeah super famous but oh this is pretty yeah i believe it hell yeah cool you know what i'm gonna look it up too let's get our architecture on here's people doing yoga in it what the <laughs> fuck ridiculous wow royal albert oh hall all right 
Let's take some pictures. Listeners, go ahead and Google Royal Albert Hall with us. Yeah, Let's get interactive. Let's see I here. I think I've seen this, Whoa. or at least the outside of it, in the TV series at some point. Who's a pretty boy then? It's really pretty. Man. Is that, a, is that a lamp in the middle that's all the circles? I have no idea. It's probably something well, acoustic. Probably. I imagine, yeah. Well, I think it's a cool stick. Oh, I really want to go here now. Like, right now. Yeah, me too. Listeners, listeners, uh, so start up a grassroots campaign so <laughs> that we can get hired, hired. Get us enough of a British audience so that we can play the Royal Albert Hall just doing our really stupid Sherlock can Holmes thing. We'll just imagine? Oh, my god. Yeah, gosh. we'll just, to a British audience, just wildly misunderstanding everything about yep. their culture and history in one of their <laughs> most famous concert halls yes this place this place where adele and the killers have stood this place where finding of the opera has been performed and there's We're just the natural us. <laughs> next choice We're the... we really are it's the logical progression absolutely yeah all right so so Holmes and watson go on a date here yes they do <laughs> they have themselves a little date and what happens the next day nick next day um uh amberly i believe goes back to he comes back to baker street Holmes basically invites, has Amberly come over, and then and, and then sends him and Watson off on a wild goose chase. He correct. He, he says, "Please we find out duck, later." Duck, duck, gray duck. Right. He says he's like, "All right, I got um, Amber Amberly. I, I believe receives a note uh, that is signed from a victor a vicar in some kind of middle of nowhere town, absolutely rural, just like there's nothing nearby. You got to take a connecting train to get there." Correct. Um, and Holmes says again, "I'm much too busy to go do this, but you need to go yes as far away to this town as pop. Don't worry, let's just go. You got to follow this. Uh, this is a lead. This is important clue. We got to go see what's up. This vicar might know something." And at this point, Amberly is kind of getting a little more prickly he's getting more like i don't want to like i'm kind of done with this i'm i'm sick of running around i you know i don't want to go right. the, who how could this vicar possibly know anything and right. holmes is like hey it, what it the, doesn't seem what the like astute reader may recognize as extremely suspicious extremely, behavior extremely yeah exactly and holmes is like hey it, it seems to me that you are not taking this case very seriously if you don't want to pursue this it's gonna look it's gonna look kind of sus if you uh you know if you don't follow yeah. up the clue when it, it's, it's gonna gonna, gonna kind of look like it absolutely is right and holmes as soon as Holmes says that, Amazon's like, oh, you know what? No, that's fine. I'll go. Like, he's he's like, we'll, we'll do it. It's fine. So he and Watson Checked go, my schedule. Turns out I was wrong. I do want to know about this. <laughs> exactly. Turn out, yeah. My bad. Um, there was a smudge. And he he and Watson take the train, uh, take two trains. They, they and a, like a two-mile drive out to this middle-of-nowhere town. They show up at the vicarage. Yep. They meet the vicar who uh, allegedly wrote the note. And the vicar's like, what is this? I never wrote this. Why are you wasting my time? Um, he, he has no memory of writing it. He thinks this, this is all just a prank. So Watson uh-huh. and Amberly leave. And at that point it's late and there's no train back. So now Watson just made a whole trip for nothing with an angry dude who yep. he now has to spend the night with in like a cheap motel, basically. And yep. cause they can't go back until the morning and they're, and on the way back, Watson, it's just like, they're both just in a horrible mood. They show back up at Baker he Street. He makes them. Well, see here. Here's the thing. Uh, what's his fuck? Amberly makes them travel third class, right? And he complains about the cost of the hotel bill. So like his miserliness is really being played up here. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, they get back. They finally go back all the way to London to Baker Street. 
to meet Holmes. Watson even says that he sent a note ahead of them uh, warning Holmes that they were coming back, and Holmes isn't at Baker Street. So now Watson has to spend... Nope. Watson just has the worst time... Once again, <laughs> the worst time with this guy. Yeah. And uh, they, Holmes is like, oh, not here. Went to yeah, meet me at uh, Amberly's house again. And so they show up, and Holmes is waiting there for them at uh, at Amberly's house, and the tall, dark guy, the Dracula... yeah the dracula um the dracula is there with him and they walk in and holmes is like all right we have some questions for you this is my associate mr barkley and we we still don't really know who he is yet it's explained later on as it goes on um this is my associate and we have a question for you and that question Mm -hmm. is what did you do with the bodies and at that point i heard the like dramatic violins and then cut to commercial break and then come back from commercial break because I'm watching this streaming and I don't have to watch commercials anymore. And um, and there's like, and when it comes back, there's a slightly different read on where did you put the bodies, right? Yeah. Because they have yeah. to they have to do the cut from and the cut to, yeah, right. And then it's like the <laughs> because there can't be there can't be a too. six second pause, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in case you're just coming in, um, so yeah, uh, so that's when I lost my train of thought. <laughs> fair uh, enough <laughs> so this dude he doesn't even he doesn't try to play it cool for one damn second he, he immediately just freaks out to his yeah. feet <laughs> yeah no he tries to beat feet immediately yeah without the most token objection or defense nope and and quote for the instant he looked like some horrible bird of prey and then he tries to chomp a white pellet and holmes is on him like a man whose dog has gotten a hold of a bacon wrapped engagement rings 20 minutes before a non-refundable carriage ride is due to begin and says no sir no shortcuts and this is never explained i mean clearly he's trying to kill himself but it is never explained why this man this paintsman has access to instant death pellets i know it's like i get it it's dramatic but it just is kind of out of nowhere like the whole free like being accused and immediately freaking out it's like sure all right and then he tries to run he tries to fight them off they they have to like tackle him to the ground basically like you're under arrest wrangle him and but then he also has a suicide tablet for some reason that he's like sure. trying to eat and Holmes has to t- it's like okay like sure whatever um yep Doyle just like and we're gonna have this happen and we're gonna have this dramatic thing and why he not was a sure communist like, spy the whole time <laughs> and at that point it's like that the only thing that really bothers me about that is that it makes me think that this guy is so much more important than he actually is again yep. like that it's gonna go like that happened and I was like. Is this going to go, like, international? Is there going to be, like, one more step, right? you know, above? Is this a syndicate this? thing? Like, yeah. yeah. what's going on? And it's not. Answer? Nope. Nope. <laughs> None of that. Just don't worry about it. And so, yeah, they, uh, he, uh, you know, as good as confesses to the whole thing, they arrest him, they take him down to the station, they leave Watson at the house, uh, take this guy in a cab down to the station. Does it say why they left Watson there? Is it, or is it just kind of like watch nope. the house so no i think no, they just, just left him there to hang out in an arrested dude's house <laughs> i guess it's like, yeah it's like you can hop onto the back and like just hold onto the top if you want or you can just right? wait till we get back um just hop on this skateboard and skit your way there yeah <laughs> just like hold on real tight to the back um like marty mcfly anything? did you ever do anything like that as a kid where like 
you had some like older sibling driving the car who didn't care if you lived or died and you were on your roller skates no. or something and you're like all right we're gonna go from the mailbox down the street hold on to the back no nothing like that no all right no, no god no, no well the, i mean i was a competent skateboarder but nowhere near enough to uh also i love how many people know me personally and upon hearing the words i was a competent skateboarder will immediately throw their earbuds away in confusion <laughs> <laughs> but i um, mean yeah <laughs> yeah i i didn't uh, expect it but i'm also kind of like yeah i mean a lot of kids it, it was the 90s a lot of kids skateboarded i mean i feel like yeah, everyone had at least a but, passing skill at like they'd been on a skateboard look, before for the most part look rocket power was very big it was right? huge rocket power was <laughs> yes. it. that was the cool kid that was the top of the like if you could skateboard, you were just the coolest kid ever. That was it. That was you were auto rocket. Right That's it. Yep. The was it. the world Everyone was your respected hamster. You. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they leave Watson at the house, um, and then they take him to the station. They come back, and Holmes is like, "All right, sorry for making you wait again, once again, all this time, Watson, buddy. Here's what. Here's how I figured out everything that happened." And he yeah. um, he also ca- Watson also calls Holmes on the phone. At one point during this story, like on the mm-hmm. telephone, which I think is one of the first references of like a telephone being used in the stories. Was yeah, at least and the it first comes one up I a couple remember. times. Yeah, because at this point, I think it's cl- getting closer to the twenties. And oh yeah, this was favorite... twenty six. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite things about this uh, series too is that it just there's such a long span of time he just kept writing these stories for years and years so if you read them yeah, that's in a order which i did the first time i read them in chrono it's it's weird reading them it's hard to keep track of the time the historical timeline reading them yes, the way it's we extremely do out of order muddled. yeah uh especially because i did read them in chronological order that he that doyle wrote them i don't know if there's like mm-hmm. an actual canonical you know historical that order. is that is a subject of some debate actually really um, our i'm sure yeah, people our good have friends, tried to you know line yeah it up. our good friends yeah. brad kefauver and robert parrott over at the john h watson society and the the weekly watsonian um actually do a thing where they try to place sometimes um particular stories in the timeline yeah. such that it doesn't contradict any other and it is very difficult uh brad Kefauver, <laughs> um sure. sherlock peoria yeah bullpup yeah. calder actually has a um he has like a physical timeline that he has assembled himself for use in his duties as editor of the oh of the johnny's watch so society cool. <laughs> so yeah cool. it's so fucking cool i imagine it's like i picture it like the marauders map or some shit like it just unfolds and you right, do like a little like origami this, thing this, like there's slidey tabs old. you can pull yeah <laughs> yes Oh my god, that's awesome. Brad, send us a picture, man. We want to see your right, timeline. I want to see this. This is yeah. very relevant to my interests. Um, but, but no, yeah. the the phone does come up a couple of times. Holmes says, because there's, there's a little bit we did skip. Um, when when he sends Watson and Amberly off a goose chase and off mm-hmm. uh, Duck Duck Grey Duckin, they, Holmes says, okay, look, you got to stick on this guy. You got to stay with him, and if he tries to not go to the place or he tries to come back, mm. you get yourself to a telephone, you get yourself to a telegram, you send me the word bolted, and it'll get to me wherever I am. Mm. And, like, because Holmes has a phone in his home, and he says that. He says yeah. that he's able to do a lot of work from home now. So I think you're, yeah. I think you're right that, uh, yeah. Interesting thing about the telephone, Nicholas. 
Well, the, you know, Alexander Graham Bell is famous for being the inventor. He was not the inventor. He was the patenter. Another man invented the telephone completely independent of him. And Alexander Graham Bell beat him to the patent office on the same day by a <gasps> no matter of hours. Way. Yep. Same day. Oh, man. That same other day. guy. That yeah. poor other guy. <laughs> that poor son of a bitch. Yeah. I really wish it hit him, especially because Alexander Graham Bell uh, was an ableist son of a bitch who thought that deaf people, including his wife, shouldn't be allowed to breed. So fuck that guy. Wow. But it All is, right. <laughs> yeah. But it is really cool the way that like. Because the same thing happened with calculus. Like, Isaac Newton invented calculus to describe mm-hmm. or to describe the physics he was working with or something like that. And some dude on somewhere else was, like, simultaneously inventing it completely independent of him. And I really yeah. love the idea that when it's just, like, when it's time for a thing, that thing happens. Mm-hmm. Like, someone will invent it, and it's kind of exactly. like... Yeah, you get a lot of, like... I don't know, just Doctor Who-esque stuff where it's like, if this person had never existed, we wouldn't have this technology. And it's like, I think we, st- like, most of the time, I think we probably still would. It would just, someone else would have been. Probably. Interested. Yeah. Right. Um, and like, there could be, there could be big changes and big ramifications from, I mean, you know, who knows how different the world would look if, you know, penicillin was discovered even five years earlier or later. Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah. but still, yeah, I think generally the tide of history does progress. Mm-hmm. So, we we arrive finally at the what of it all. Um, yeah. Holmes returns back to explain to Watson and by proxy to us, the audience, this Barker cat who was left to look after Amberly at the jail. So he's back there is Holmes's quote, hated rival upon the Surrey shore. Now, Surrey shore, Nicholas was a Victorian reality show wherein a bunch of strong men wearing striped bathing costumes would uh-huh. go around with big waxed mustaches and they would pump their fists and they would die of cancer because they didn't know what carcinogens were. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you lost me, sorry. It's, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a good pitch. Don't worry about it. I'm not swinging at it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's so, carcinogens uh, you know carcinogens are just things that cause cancer like oh okay <laughs> uh, yeah like asbestos and, and shit like that mm. but no uh i just wanted to make a dumb jersey shore uh joke because i had good. to work on it and it's uh, yeah so uh this cat is like holmes's counterpart in his own part of the country and like the detective inspector they bring back even admits he he says he asks the the inspector he says hey this guy helps you out sometimes doesn't he and the policeman just says uh he's certainly interfered several times <laughs> which is exactly mm. how lestrade <laughs> and co feel about right. holmes Right, I'm over here like, where's this guy serious? Like, this would be the kind of thing where if I didn't know, if I didn't already know that Detective, I don't know if he's not Detective, but uh, Mr. Barkley was not uh, another detective from like a different series that is like, oh, crossover episode, I might think, is this a crossover episode with some other, you know, detective? And the description he gets too is so detailed and intriguing it really is i'm like i would read more about this guy like i almost wish he turned up more to you know interfere with holmes's plan and there's a really great bit that holmes recounts where he talks about how he uh the reason why he had to get um amberly so far away that night so that he had to stay overnight in the town was planned he knew that they would be there so late that they wouldn't be able to get back was because holmes was uh had to burgle his house 
he had to break into his house to see the you know he knew that he wouldn't be uh that he wouldn't be disturbed he needed to look around the guy's house physically be there right. to figure out how he did to it. burgle in peace and yeah. um he uh while he's in there he feels a tap on his shoulder someone grabs him by the scruff of the shirt and he looks around and it's this guy mr barkley yep in like they're both just like spider-man pointing meme at each other like they're both doing the exact same thing burgling 100 to to figure out what he's doing it's and it's great very good <laughs> I, I love yeah it. <laughs> and they they're because there's there's one of two ways this could go this mm-hmm. could go epic kung fu fight right or they join forces immediately mm-hmm. and like it makes sense that they joined forces immediately, but I kind of wanted to see those dudes wreck this guy's house, <laughs> right? Just like you, and they just like yeah, just absolute kung fu showdown. Yeah, but anyway, That'd so they joined forces, and um, for this one case, and yeah, you get this whole like peek into this other detective. Just well, I have I have a couple of thoughts. That, well, yeah, because like maybe this was 1926, so this was one of the last ones, right? Mm-hmm. This was this, this is a much this is getting later up there. Story. Yeah. So maybe Doyle was planning to do a spinoff or another series involving this Barker because, I mean, he definitely hated Holmes by this point. Right. And, like, <laughs> you, well, your idea of it being a crossover is not far-fetched because H.P. Mm. Lovecraft and uh, Robert E. Howard, who did the Conan the Barbarian stories, he did the Crawl of Atlantis stories, a, a million of them, mm. um, they made references to each other's work all the time, like yeah. uh, Cthul- Cthulhu is listed among some of the gods that um, that Conan has fought at some point. So yeah, that was that was not uncommon to make like nods to each other. So right. who knows? Maybe Barker is a real guy, and we just don't know. Or maybe he's just the coolest guy on the Surrey shore. I yeah, I I loved that bit. Um, but yeah, so they uh, they decided to join forces and work on the rest of the case together. Um, and then Holmes also. Uh... Oh yeah, so the room. Where um, his safe room, Amberly's safe room, which is mentioned yeah. at the beginning of the story, the first time Watson goes to his house, um, is hermetically sealed from the inside, which means no air, if you want, you can have it so no air can escape. And they go Correct. into the room and it turns, and uh, Holmes points out there's piping, there's uh, metal piping all around the top of the room. Yeah. And this dude, and then it's revealed, this dude straight up locked his wife and the doctor in there and just gassed them to death. That's how they died. Yep. And then he also points out, um, as proof of this, on the wall towards the um, towards the bottom of the wall, much like the the Rach, uh, the German, um, the Revenge in Studying right. Scarlet. Uh, he's that someone had scrawled uh, "We" and then "W E" close to the bottom of the right. wall, and he was going. And to so write... the murderer was identified as a Frenchman. <laughs> yeah, we oui, we, oui. and uh, so. <laughs> so um that's it nope i'm not that sentence is just not it's gonna be left unfinished no okay he scrawled they scrawled they scrawled wee wee on the on the baseboard go on you can do it you can do it um he which which the uh i think the detective or someone points out he was going to be writing we were murdered and that's right fucked up he yeah it's it really is and you know what it you know what it reminded me of and i'm this is occurring to me just now hey google when did H.H. H. Holmes die? H.H. H. Holmes died on May 7th, 1896. Oh, holy shit. Okay, so are mm-hmm. you familiar with H.H. H. Holmes, Nick? Serial killer, right? 
the serial killer. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Widely known as America's first serial killer, inspiration for the book uh, Devil in the White City, which is going to be a movie with Leo DiCaprio coming up that you mm-hmm. could not pay me any amount of money to watch because <laughs> I, my God, um... Yeah, uh, listeners, if you're, like, a true crime fan, I'm certain you've already heard about H.H. Holmes. Uh, Lore, Aaron Mankey over at Lore did a really great episode about him. I'm sure the murder girls over at My Favorite Murder have talked about him. Mm. But he was one of the most horrifically insane murderers ever to live. And I don't mean insane as in, like, disparaging mental illness. I mean, like, sociopathy. Yeah. Um, he, He went to the... Chicago World's Fair in the mid-1800s, it sounds like, and Mm -hmm. literally, literally, listeners, built a murder hotel. Uh, It was full of secret passages and, like, oubliettes and gas rooms exactly like this one. Yeah, I have heard a little bit about this guy from, like... He was a nightmare, Mm -hmm. Uh, and... He's one of the reasons I can't do true crime, because I heard that story, and, like, right when my missus was getting into, like, my favorite murder and stuff, and I was like, I, d- I don't need, I don't need this. I don't need to I'm know that this... good, actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> th- these things happened, and I can't unknow that, right? right. I can't yeah. remove that from myself. It, it's mm. bad. Yeah. But uh, it seems very possible that, uh, what's his fuck, um, Doyle drew drew inspiration from that because like hh oh, yeah. holmes was executed what a good 30 years before this so mm-hmm. yeah murder chamber which like let's 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 not get it twisted as they say at the surrey shore um like this is a horrifying story this guy ends up murdering these two people it was always going to be murder whatever but like turning a room in his house into a fucking killing jar gas chamber is so many orders of magnitude higher mm-hmm. up the horror chain than anyone was prepared for at least of all me and right like, i was over here like maybe he hit the body in the walls maybe he stabbed them and he was painted because yeah. of the blood on the wall nope no blood just gas yeah no <laughs> he just much trapped worse. them in a room and gassed them to death it was, yeah. oh, it was horrifying very mm. upsetting real real bad yeah yeah, that really got me. I was just yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I'm not prepared for that. No, sir. Real bad. Uh, so then yeah. the question, so that, the question yeah. remains then. So if he has done these things and he's killed these people, why did he come to Holmes? And the answer, according to Holmes, pure swank, which is <laughs> the name of my new body spray, which will be very <laughs> popular on the Surrey Shore. Uh, he was certain that his crime was airtight, and so he mm-hmm. thought, you know, who better to test on? Because he's a sociopath, and sociopaths are narcissists. Right. He thought, uh, surely, even Sherlock Holmes won't be able to handle this. Mm-hmm. So they arrest him, jail forever after. Uh, the paper praises the hol- the police, and they get all the credit. So there's there's actually this bit where the police are kind of mad at Holmes and Barker for like mm-hmm. steal like kill stealing a little bit, but. A, neither of them want the credit, and B, Holmes points out, uh, you guys didn't solve this and couldn't have. Like, you tried and failed. <laughs> right? And then the police, yeah. the, the officer's just kind of like, well, you know, given enough time, we would have, we would have eventually well, come no. to our own conclusion. You say that We're now. professionals, <laughs> right, exactly. And Holmes is like, uh-huh, yeah. sure, just don't, don't, don't bust us for breaking into this guy's house, this murderer's house, yeah. this horrible murderer's house. And you, which you can't be mad at us for anyway, and you get all the credit yeah. and just don't worry about it. 
And so they do. They get away with uh, the housebreaking, and he dude goes to jail. Yeah, and also um, he mentions that uh, they don't know where the bodies are at this point. Holmes is like, "There's this is a very this house is old as dirt. There's probably a disused right. well somewhere." And it turns out when the police when the news report comes out in the paper um, a few days later, uh, they were in fact in an old disused well, just like he guessed. Gross. And yeah. Um, uh, very and upsetting. All credit, all credit to the local police, and it's just kind of uh, ends with Holmes being like, you know, someday the I, I don't really care. I, you know, we we caught the guy, we solved the case. Someday the true story may be told. File it in your archives, Watson, etc. And yeah, this it, it's it's kind of fun. I like it when there's two things at work here in this story that I particularly enjoy. One is the whole thing of Holmes being kind of like a puppet master where he's sort of yes. He's he doesn't seem to be doing very much. He's sending Watson off this place. He's telling people to go do this and not do that. And but he, it's revealed later he was he had every inch of it planned every step the whole time and yes. um he was kind of orchestrating everything from it was a closed Baker system Street, from the beginning basically yeah. and also um the 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 fact that the guy who did it is the person who hired Holmes which occasionally you'll see in like i think you see it in a couple other stories but it's not as common usually it's like the the guy who did it right. is involved but it's not usually the person or if it is they have a very good reason and this guy it, it was like he he hired Holmes because he was so sure that his crime was airtight, and also if he right. so he could basically say like he had he had a reason like if someone um, th- thought that he was suspicious he could be like well I did everything I could to you know right. I called the police I called I went Sherlock to Sherlock Holmes, Holmes. Yeah. yeah like so it's it, it's some yeah it's it's pretty cool I I so I liked those those are probably my favorite parts about it do we have a huxtable word for this story do you we do but i want to i want to discuss one thing first so okay yes there's a bit this is the racism bit i'm talking about holmes explains amberly's whole deal and says that he has a mind like a medieval italian rather than a modern britain which is apparently in reference to his extreme thrift and reluctance to spend his miserness which is what drove his wife into mm. the arms of uh, of his rival, this Ray Ernest, and so yeah. did the seeds of resentment and revenge begin to germinate. Now, Nicholas, I have been accused, to varying degrees of accuracy and fairness, of maligning <laughs> the Italian people. And, sure, there are many points you could make against the Italians. They can't see orange. Their family-owned plumbing businesses consistently fail to retrieve kidnapped princesses from underground kingdoms. When you get them wet, <laughs> they multiply like mugwai. There's a lot you can say. But uh, I will say this, and I will fight any any Sherlock Holmes who says otherwise. Never in my experience has a single Italian of my acquaintance failed to be anything less than completely generous and free and giving and helpful. So fuck you, Sherlock. You don't get to say <laughs> that Italians are cheap. Go to hell. You don't even know what money is. It's interesting that you mention that because I don't remember anything i think that line may have been removed from my edition because i oh, maybe read, yeah i know we read the same story but um yeah we I didn't, did I didn't but it, well, it's clear we read different versions of the same story yeah yeah so maybe maybe that's it maybe instead of edit the story for racism they just removed it because they did they took this one out of my omnibus i had to find a pdf of this online right i mean that line is very easily taken out without um 
ruining anything about the without disrupting the story yeah at all, exactly you know um as is most and like of the maybe it's a stories. reference <laughs> maybe it's a reference to like machiavelli or some shit like that maybe. but but still it. the italians <laughs> are not cheap sherlock i think we may have just read we may have just read maybe we just read like alternate timeline versions it's like a berenstein bears situation where you read it really entire, is yeah it's a mandela the, i read the entire colorman and you read the the retired uh what is it colorist. colorist yeah yeah so depending on which one you read they're pretty similar but slight differences i will accept this explanation yeah yeah so yeah that was just a point i wanted to make is that italians are not cheap sir <laughs> they eat pasta you, every well. day because they love it okay so <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't and I, who doesn't i had who pasta last it? night i'm gonna have pasta tonight <laughs> pasta a couple nights ago i had some pasta with meatballs the meatballs were stuffed with parmesan get you a man who can oh, cook yeah. pasta is the best oh my god 10. yes please <laughs> donna showed me this this cooking video of somebody making a tasty fake of like ice cream that's shaped like noodles and mm. you put like a chocolate brownie meatball on top or some Ooh, shit and i got yes. so mad i got so mad nicholas did no. it really look like pasta though it, it did. It like looked exactly oh, like spaghetti that. and meatballs. No, I don't like that. No, it stuff. was all not at no, all. No, yeah, and there was another <laughs> one like where you take meat and like you form it into meatloaf and then you bake it in a round pan and then you make it look like a cake or some shit, but it's meatloaf. Uh-uh. Nope. Go to hell. Miss uh-uh. me. No. Nope. I want no, it thank to you. either be savory or sweet. I want to know what I'm getting into when I bite into something. Give me the honest pasta. That's what they're about down at the Surrey shore. You're going to be real mad about the turkey cake. The, the turkey, turkey the cake. what? There's a okay. raw turkey cake. Raw turkey cake. Have you heard of it? What the fuck are you talking right. about? What are you cracking watched, smack over there about? I watched Nicholas? the whole video about this. Okay. So, my boyfriend loves cooking videos. There's one sure. where this is a recipe that was going around and a YouTuber did it. She made it's a cake that looks exactly like an uncooked turkey, like a raw turkey. It's like pink and shiny. Right. It looks like a turkey. You make it gross with cake and you kind of like paste them together with like almond with like uh marzipan and stuff like that it's it's very involved and it no nope. it tastes like a cake it looks like a raw turkey fuck that no way Nuh-uh. disgusting N- nope i mean like it looked good like absolutely like artistry sure but why why the no. whole point why would you do a this huge element of food is it's gotta look good like food doesn't have to look it's gotta good look it can good. look like chili doesn't always look amazing but it tastes great it Making a food look like a whole other food, again, also that you're not supposed to eat. I'm t- again you're raw not. Ch- raw turkey, not even a cooked turkey. Nonsense. Why? Who? D- who? No. No. Don't like it. Hate it. Uh-uh. Um, you're gonna die one day. You're gonna have to explain to God. God gave you a, a a number of hours. You had a timer ticking down over your head the whole time. You didn't even know it, and you're gonna have to explain why you spent any of them making a cake look like a raw turkey. Don't like that. Nope. Uh. Uh-uh. Explain. No, thank you. Casey yep. says no. <laughs> Hard pass. Throw that shit off the Speaking of Surrey evil. shore. No. <laughs> right. Speaking of evil. Okay, yeah. Well, let's do Huxtables. So who, who's, right. your, who's your Huxtable? Uh, let's see. I, I mean... You gotta have one. It's in your there's contract. There's not a ton of people in this story. There's really just Holmes Watson, the suspect, the... Scott, the, the unnamed wife. The unnamed... Again, yeah. The doctor gets... A, name and she doesn't um yep. doesn't matter she's the wife that's that's all you need to know um yeah, you know 
I always just want to like smack my award right down on Watson. Like he just always just deserves That's fair. it. I love him so much. Um, you are allowed to do that. I, no law yep, of man nope, or God Watson prohibits gets it. it. I I, yep. I gotta yeah. He he puts up with this guy for like two whole days straight. A murderer. Yeah, he's in the that's company fair. of murderer and like for two whole days. I kind of wanted to see that. That had a really fun like planes, trains, and automobiles feel to it, right? <laughs> yeah, like like you just see like the guy insists on taking cheaper and cheaper modes of transport mm-hmm. until eventually he's just in the back of a truck with pigs. And Watson just like snaps on him. Like I wanted to see yep. that alternate end of the story where like it doesn't even matter if the guy's gonna get arrested or not watson's just like i took care of it don't worry what what where is he that Watson? watson don't worry about it it's fine yeah no it's fine <laughs> it's fine <laughs> watson holmes just like telling him the whole thing like watson oh he was a it was a double murder okay cool great don't have to worry about it yeah <laughs> we took all care of good him. i personally yeah. took care of him for you Holmes. don't even, don't even worry about shit it. is solved go back to what you were doing <laughs> go 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 do some cocaine it's fine <laughs> we can uh, head who, down the surrey shore <laughs> who gets yours I don't know why I'm. I don't know why I'm pushing a Surrey Shore thing so hard. I I want to see like a and I'm imagining. I just got a very vivid image of Holmes and Watson in like those old timey striped baby bathing suits with like the tiny little like tinted glasses, just chilling on some beach towels. You know, sipping some sipping some drinks with like a little pineapple in there. Yeah, just hanging out. Holmes has Holmes is like coated in sunscreen, just like a whole shade paler because he's got yeah he's got like a giant parasol protecting him yeah or even better he's just in a full suit and like a hat and everything like that but the suit but the suit is striped like the bathing suits yeah (laughs) but he's just completely covered head to toe god yeah all right well my Huxtable uh, has to go to the vicar uh, whose name was fraudulently used to send. (laughs) To send Watson and Amberly playing Duck Duck Grey Duck. Because Day is just they... so thrown off by this whole He's just like, what's even going on? Exactly. He slams <laughs> the door. He kicks them off his stoop. And I just like to picture him going back into his, you know, rectory and just Well what the hell was that about? Right. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> he sees the newspaper three days later, like, hold on a sec wait. Oh what? Watson. Wait. That name sounds familiar. <laughs> wait a minute. What the <laughs> God, and Holmes just frames some poor man of the cloth for yep. no reason other than he lives a million He's miles away. He's just flipping through his omnibus like, all right, what's the farthest away vicarage from here? Yeah. Like looking at the train. Who's a like, holy right. man I can bamboozle? <laughs> yeah. I love God. it. No respect for the vicarage whatsoever. No. Yeah, Holmes's Holmes's respect for what's interesting is Holmes doesn't have a lot of respect for religion or the supernatural or anything or you know the practitioners thereof. But like a couple of times in um, I think it was in the what was it the the solitary cyclist like he comes down real hard on a dude for impersonating clergy, and I just wonder. Right? It's like respect the office, even if you don't agree with it. <laughs> I, just, I, I guess, yeah, yeah. <laughs> complex relationship yeah (laughs) so that was the adventure of the retired colorist and also a lot of other stuff (laughs) it sure was let's see what we're reading next time where's the canon let's see here all right i'll go ahead and uh roll my dice here all right so I got number 76, which is too many, so half that, and we get number 33, no, 38. And number 38 on the list is 
what looks to me like a typo, because it is not a word I know, but maybe you'll know better. 1924's The Three Geridebs. Oh, yeah. Geridebs is a yeah. name. It's a surname. Yeah. That's a thing? Okay. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right, oh, folks. This is a good so, one. <laughs> yeah. Really? All right, right on. Mm-hmm. I'm hyped. So next week, you got your Holmes work. Go ahead and read the three Geridebs. Try to convince me that it's a real word. It'll never happen. Um, Go ahead and please do send us more tweets about your everyday carry. We would love to hear about that. Tell us your favorite parts about the melancholy, bittersweet Christmas time. Reach out to your friends who might need help um, or just want to hear from you because they love you and uh, everybody needs people who love them. Tell us more about what you think about what your favorite season of Surrey Shore was. Do you think it went downhill after Snookworth got married? Um, I'm trying to remember everything I learned working on Jersey Shore. (laughs) (laughs) You just blocked it out. I really did. Well, I'll tell you this. All those memories. Yeah. The one who went to fucking jail, uh, mm. he he is, uh, I won't say he's the best person on the show, because I don't know what his, his life is like, but I'll tell you this, he's the only person on that cast who takes his fucking collar mic off when he goes to take a piss. <laughs> and so is therefore your favorite character. <laughs> exactly. God bless you, you the inspiration. For? What do you go to jail oh, for? Oh, tax evasion. Oh, all right, sure. <laughs> well, not like, well, wait, I mean, to clarify... He was very young and very suddenly very rich. Like, he didn't intentionally, like, Wesley Snipes avoid giving money to... He just didn't know what he was doing with his money, which is one of the reasons... Who else went to jail for tax? Al Capone, right? Didn't he get... That sounds right. Wasn't that that his thing where, like, some... Yeah. (laughs) I was gonna say, like, Al Capone before him, but I forgot that it was... Yeah. Look it up. Al Capone, tax evasion. (laughs) I'm gonna do it right now. Hold on. Nope. We're gonna. I, I'm sure I'm right. I would not have just. My brain would not have just make that made this up. No Al part Capone of me is surprised. Yeah, no, I, I believe it. Evasion. Oh, and Martha Stewart. No, that was insider trading. My bad. Yep. <laughs> Forbes. It was tax com. evasion on this day. Yep. Al Capone sentenced to prison for tax evasion. How Very much did nice. Al Capone owe back in taxes? That's how much ordered. was it? Ordered to pay, he was given eleven year sentence. Ordered to pay two hundred fifteen thousand in back taxes and fined fifty thousand dollars. Successful what, in what year? This was let's see, Al Capone tax evasion year nineteen thirty one. Yikes! Nineteen thirty one. So, so that would have been. Oh my god, I can't even imagine what sum of money that would come to. It's 1930, 1931. What was it? 200, $200,000 you said? 250? Oh, I already closed out the page. I'm looking at Royal Albert Hall again. Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask I was going to ask Google to do the math for me, but I'm not even sure how I'd begin to articulate that question. Um wild. So yes, yeah. like uh <laughs> like the inspiration and like Al Capone learn from their mistakes. Pay just like Hamilton said, pay your fucking taxes. <laughs> some of them are going to worthwhile causes some of them and like that's the, that's the beauty of america you don't have to agree with everything your money goes towards but do you like public schools and roads that are safe to drive on me too pay your taxes um yeah and hopefully soon that will start going towards universal health care because the healthcare system is broken i talk to pharmacists every day nick every single day and they're oh, like man I'm yeah this so, medicine yeah. This medicine you guys sent over costs $900. <laughs> mm. 
and it's Gosh. a it's a weird it's a weird unspoken conversation because we all know we're like supporting and participating in an incredibly broken toxic system but also right. like we got bills to pay of our own so yeah yeah we're not unlike the nazis Gosh. in that way we should be punched too but uh for next week go ahead and read the three garadebs <laughs> um we want to see your surrey shore artwork and uh hear about your um schwarzenegger hgtv ideas um make sure you find us on twitter at the final podblum you can find us at hotel theotokos and um wayfarers underscore all respectively i was told recently that the articulation of my username makes me very difficult to find i am fine with that uh, you can also, <laughs> if you like, you can find our Patreon, uh, where we're listed under Semi-Auto Magic. And if you'd like, you can become a donor. Five bucks a month gets you episodes most of a week early, when we don't have a combination of sicknesses and holidays happening at once. Um, and mm-hmm. also the audio of us goofing around before we start the show. So you can go ahead and pony up for that if you want to know more than you ever needed to. And until then, all our buddies, uh, if somebody around you starts painting their house, they're probably a murderer. <laughs> You know, it could be, could, could be a hint for that. They could just be, they could just be looking for a new color, but you know, you never know. How many murderers do you think you've met, Nick? That's a really good, well, (laughs) I did go to Christian school, so. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That was a horrible joke, but I don't regret it. Um. I don't know that that is just that is just something we have to just get you could have speculate about you could have met a Nazi you could have met well let's see you never know well let's 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 find out let's ask the source of all wisdom and knowledge hey Google how many murderers have I met what's the average amount on the website leoskin.me they say of course this means that if you meet 10 new people per day you've met 4.1 murderers throughout your life and if you meet 100 people new people per day then you've met 41 murders throughout your life. Huh. Also, we both work in customer service in a way. We interact, I think, with yes. a much higher amount than someone who doesn't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because we don't just to interact with. So I almost certainly have point. met at least five. <laughs> um, That's At a this point. point, just with how many... Could have just been taking yeah. their order or something, but you know, never know. Yeah, well, also really considering the demographic that your job caters to, yeah, I think you've probably met yeah. a lot of, like, rich, You're affluent, sociopath murderers. You're absolutely right. Yep. <laughs> yep. The so Karen murders. <laughs> Enjoy. The wine mom murders. <laughs> all right, all our buddies. Be nice to everybody you meet in case they're murderers, and we'll see you next time. We love you, all <laughs> our buddies. Good night. Bye. Bye, all our buddies. And no, don't open the calculator. Stop the recording. Okay, there we go. It's all right. I can vamp. I've got I've got more I've got more Schwarzenegger HGTV. <laughs> yes, good afternoon. Oh, it's not afternoon where you are. I'm sorry. No, just I was wondering if it's too late to change my order. Yes, instead of the marble countertop, I want to get the granite if it's possible.
I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos about cooking outdoors, and I understand that you can use um, you can use a granite countertop to prepare your meats that you can season it instead of season. No, I understand. I'm happy to pay the shipping. It must be very expensive to get it here. I just don't need another large slab of marble sitting in my garage. I've got four already. <laughs> Now, when you're replacing your septic tank, what you're going to want to do is use... <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> <laughs>